Spirituality gets a lot of side-eye these days, and admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, hello. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that I'm here. <laughs> uh, welcome to the very first episode of Not That Crazy. I'm your host, Caitlin, if you did not know that already, even though my name is all over this. <laughs> welcome. Like I said, I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited that this is finally off the ground and out of my head. It's been such a long time coming and I'm just so excited and grateful that it's finally here and that you're here and that you're choosing to spend this time with me. So I need to stop saying I'm excited, but I'm really excited. (laughs) All right. So what I want to do in this first episode, there's kind of two prongs to this first episode. I first want to kind of give you a high level version of my story, kind of who I am, how I got here, why this is also important to me. Um, Just got a little bit of a highlight reel, if you will. And part of the reason that I think this is important to to start off with is that it's going to give us a little bit of foundation for where I'm planning to go in future episodes, a little bit of, you know, background and context that as I share some of the deeper learnings and lessons based on some of these, you know, touch points that I'm going to share today, um, you'll just have that information. So we can kind of dig deeper from there. And then the other part that I wanted to spend a little bit of time in this episode sharing is really my vision and intention for this show. I'll try not to give too much away, but um, this is just really important to me because it it actually is kind of how I operate as a human, um, part of how I want to approach this show. And I hope that you approach this show as listeners. So yeah, I wanted to kind of level set for us um, towards the very end. And then I have a couple fun surprises at the end. <laughs> I'm giggling already just thinking about them. So I encourage you to listen all the way through for those. Yeah, they're just some fun little surprises that I have in store for you. So without further ado, let's jump in and I'll tell you a little bit about me. So where I always like to begin um, rewinding a little bit is... You know, the piece of the life that probably most shaped me in my trajectory in life is my mom's MS. She's had this for as long as I can remember. It's multiple sclerosis, if you didn't know. And this is, again, if you didn't know, if you're not familiar with the disease too much, uh, it's an autoimmune disease and it affects the brain, you know, the central nervous system. So the brain and the spinal cord and the immune system attacks the coding of neurons. I'm going to get a little sciencey. This is my neuroscience brain coming out, but it really attacks the, um, the sheaths around the neurons and forms lesions that end up disrupting the proper signaling of neurons. So, you know, signals aren't necessarily getting from the brain to different parts of the body properly. Um, they're being slowed down, they're being interrupted completely. And so the body understandably just doesn't function optimally at that point. This can look a variety of ways. There's a few different types of MS. Uh, my mom has the one called progressive. So she had an initial attack. And I want to say this happened when I was two, but I might be lying because <laughs> something my mom said the other day made me think it was later than two. But needless to say, 
I don't remember a time when my mom didn't have MS. Um, so she had this initial attack whenever it was, and then she had a slow decline in function over time. So she never really got better after that initial attack, but we are super, super lucky that her case has been relatively mild the entire time. Um, she really hasn't declined in years at this point. Um, and her major issue really is with her gait. So the signaling doesn't get to her right leg, right foot properly. Um, she can still walk and everything, but it just doesn't function the same way that yours or mine does. And so she uses a cane or a walker or scooter for longer distances. Um, she can still drive, but she has a left foot gas pedal in the car. So, um, you know, just some different considerations across the board. Other than that, the gait issue, she has some things like numbness in her fingers, but overall, you know, she's highly functional, highly independent. Um, so we were really, really lucky in that regard, but understandably, you know, this shaped a lot of my childhood and, some of the things that I always like to kind of talk about, and this is a little bit funny, actually, I used to write so many application essays for scholarships or student groups or probably even college. I don't remember exactly what I wrote about for college essays, but I'm sure that I fit this in somewhere, but was about how much I learned from her. You know, I learned a lot about perseverance and, you know, optimism and independence and, lots of really, really strong, positive qualities. Um, something else that it gave me is a really deep empathy and awareness for people who function differently. This doesn't have to necessarily mean, you know, disability per se, uh, though it certainly applies, but just, I guess in general, the differences between people, I've just always been highly attuned to that. And, you know, it, it trained me early on, not just to be aware of, you know, the time and considerations for her. I can remember if somebody was in the handicap stall in the bathroom and my mom needed to go in her wheelchair, like that was always a little bit of an issue and would make her really frustrated because, you know, anyway, we'll get too much into all that stuff. But it also really showed me that, you know, despite these limitations, whatever they are for her, you know, gait and mobility for others, whatever they are, that despite these limitations, people really just desire to live a full, beautiful, rich life um, and really not to let their differences hold them back more than they have to, um, or really at all, if that's possible. You know, they want to experience everything just the same as you or I. So I think that's a really beautiful awareness that I had from early on as well. And I'm just laughing because I already got my neuroscience hat on, but this understandably, I think made me really, really, really fascinated by and interested in the brain and the body and how they operate. Um, I loved school and learning in general. So, you know, nothing was really off limits for me in that regard, but I especially loved life sciences and, and human biology in particular. Um, I did my exiting project in eighth grade on multiple sclerosis. I studied neuroscience in undergrad, which you've heard me laugh about a couple of times already because, you know, one of the things that I always remember wanting as a kid was as well, as an option, I wanted to do a lot of things, but one of my options was something that would help my mom, you know, whether that was research or I didn't really know, but I always wanted to do something that would help her and, you know, other people with MS as well. But that was always in the back of my mind. And so, you know, all of that paints a little bit of a romantic picture. I'll say I pointed out a lot of the really good things that I gathered from that experience, but it definitely wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Um, there were 
a lot of challenges and a lot of frustrations along the way, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, I definitely wasn't always a perfect, helpful little angel child when it came to, you know, helping her out. I was a kid and I went through my phases and all of that. But I actually really want to save all of that for a little bit later, the kind of less romantic stuff, uh, because for a long time, I really actually wasn't aware of the frustrations and the challenges. Like, yes, I would experience them, but kind of reflecting on the experience, I would really focus on how much it taught me in terms of, you know, perseverance and independence and overcoming your challenges and differences and all of the things. So we'll save the frustrations for another time. But I mean, outside of that, I was, you know, such a multi-passionate, expressive, creative little kid. I loved every kind of art you can imagine. I remember being called by a teacher, a Renaissance woman, cause I did everything. Um, and I do not mean to toot my own horn by saying this, but I was good at all of it. Like the math, the science, the English, sure. But also all of the arts and music and writing and all of it. Um, I was also super active. So I was in dance when I was barely walking and I did karate from the time I was five years old. I earned my black belt, which is always the fun fact that I like to share. I played soccer for the majority of my childhood and yeah, I just loved, I loved being active. Yeah. Other than that, I feel like I had a really, you know, nice childhood. I won't get into every story and every detail at this point, but I, you know, loved my family and and we were close. I did well in school. We're going to fast forward to the end of college because that's where things start to kind of get interesting. So yeah, I'm going to pick it up kind of right after graduation. Uh, like I said, I had a really nice time in college, but the transition out of it was not super easy and super smooth. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. You know, it's not unique to me that it was a difficult transition, but I moved into an apartment with my best friend at the time. I was living in Los Angeles. I had gone to school at USC. So trying to afford Los Angeles rent and lifestyle on not a lot of money. I was working at the time of graduation um, part-time at Athleta. I am not built for retail. Hats off to you if, if you enjoy that because it was not for me. So I was working part-time at Athleta and I was at the time training to become a fitness teacher which I actually still do to this day. And that was not enough money to live in Los Angeles. So I was super, super, super fortunate that my parents were still willing to help me out until I found my full-time job. And the full-time job came around September, end of September of that same year as graduation. Really that more so than just the kind of post-grad couple of months was the time when things started to really change. I was so excited to get this job. I had, you know, this belief growing up that my full-time job was it for me. And that was when you had success and when your life, you know, started as an, and as an adult and all of these stories that I had in my head. And even the way that I got the job, like I was so proud of myself because when I can remember having the CEO um, or being in his office and we just had the interview and he was like, wait, can you, can you just like stay here for a second? Just hang out. He goes out for a while and he comes back and they, they give me a job offer on um, on the spot. So I was so incredibly proud. My parents were excited for me and proud. So I thought that this was it, that, you know, 
financial struggles, all of the struggles were about to end. And boy, was I wrong. Shortly into getting into this job, it showed itself to be a rather toxic work environment. My manager and I also had some growing pains. She had never managed anyone before. And so her feedback skills were not (laughs) excellent. And me being the type A overachiever that I was, I just took everything so incredibly personally. Um, Any piece of feedback, I thought I, I was failing at everything. So I was hyper stressed. Um, I remember crying in the bathroom, you know, probably multiple times a week for certain periods of time, just because I was so incredibly stressed and it was, you know, long hours. You were just expected to stay there until whenever. And I, you know, shortly after I started, actually, I got in trouble because my parents were in town and we had dinner plans and I had to leave at like 7 30 PM to go to dinner, but like the stuff wasn't done. And it was just this, this whole thing. I won't get too far into it, but just highly, highly stressful. And I mentioned, you know, being a fitness teacher. And so I really used fitness and also food as an outlet for all of this stress. Um, the stress from work was straining my relationship with my roommate, who was my best friend, you know, also the post-college issue of, you know, a bunch of your friends moving away and it's not, just not the same support system that you had while you're in school. And so I just felt, oh, and at the time too, um, shortly after I started this job, I split with the guy that I had been seeing for quite some time. This is actually really funny. Looking back, one of the reasons that we split up, he was like, you go to Coachella and it's just not going to work out. And I was like, what are you even saying? So it was just a lot at once. It it was a horrible job. It was financial stress. Um, it was this split with this guy. It was all of the things It felt like kind of crashing down. Um, and it got so bad. Well, a couple of things happened. My food issues and exercise addiction got really bad. I I was very addicted to my fitness pal and 1200 calories a day and all that. So that coupled with the stress of my job, my health just tanked. Um, I was super depressed. I was super anxious. Uh, and that even further took a toll on my relationship with my friends. So I was just this little adrift boat at the time and felt very unmoored. And so you know, fast forwarding again a little bit. I had gone to a bunch of specialists. I was having horrible gut issues. Everything that I ate hurt my stomach. And so I was going to specialist after specialist to try to, to figure this out. And this was a couple, maybe a year or so after I started this job. And it got to the point like this one specialist, I remember being in his office and he was saying, you know, after however many special tests they had run, he said that nothing is wrong. And I had offered, I was starting to do my own research at the time because everything was coming back normal. And I had offered a suggestion of something that we could look for a test. And he said, you're not bad enough to look for that. And so he wanted to give me this prescription for this specific medication. And something in me was just like, no, (laughs) like this is not, I don't feel good. So you're telling me that I'm fine doesn't work for me. This pill doesn't work for me. Whatever reason, my whole being was just like this, this isn't it. And so I found the world of functional medicine, long story short, after this, and it was everything. It it started healing my body. Um, It reignited my passion. Um, The I think the coolest part about it is, you know, not only working with this functional medicine doctor and nutritionist, did I start to heal my physical body, but I finally found, it was really a full circle moment, the thing that would allow me to help 
people like my mom through functional nutrition. So I started uh, my master's degree. I have my master's in, they actually changed the degree name. (laughs) It started out as functional and integrative nutrition. Now it's nutrition and integrative health. So anyway, I have a master's in nutrition. And getting my master's degree and really, you know, rediscovering this passion for the body and for helping people, I, I mean, I had already known that, that this job wasn't for me and that corporate life wasn't for me, but that really started me on this trajectory of, you know, figuring out what the heck else I was going to do with my life, you know, involving nutrition for sure, since I, I loved that so much. And it really actually allowed me, this was a beautiful full circle moment, allowed me to, you know, support people in healing like my mom, you know, people like my mom, which was really beautiful. And I'll get into that story another time, I'm sure. But one of the things too, that came out of that is I reached a plateau with my healing journey and had to figure something else out. Like I was doing so many different protocols and I was doing everything right. And I would change my diet and I stopped exercising and all of the things that you're, you know, quote unquote supposed to do, or that I was to heal. And I just wasn't making any progress. And as with any healing journey, it's frustrating and it's not linear and all of the things. But it was really at this plateau that I got into the world of spirituality. And I first started energy healing and I started meditating and all of that. And that really was what put me over the edge and and finally allowed me to fully heal. There's a lot to unpack in that journey in and of itself. But It's just so interesting to kind of reflect back on my journey as a whole, because as a kid, you know, being that little creative, artistic, um, super open kid that I was, I, I was so much more open to, you know, I wouldn't have known it as spirituality at the time, but I was just so much more open. And when I started to really struggle and the job and exiting college and part of why I struggled so much, I think is because I became so closed off to all of that. I was so, you know, data and science and just so not open to anything else, anything energy or anything quote unquote woo woo. And it's just so funny to reflect on it because the more kind of in touch with the woo woo I have become on the other side of this whole health crisis the better I feel. (laughs) And that's not to say that you have to get super woo-woo to heal and feel good and live a really full and rich life, but that was my experience. And so that's kind of the high level. That's what I wanted to share really about my story, just to give you some context. And there is so much that I want to dive in, in all of that. (laughs) Like I... I have so much that I want to share and and lessons and learnings and all that, but I want to leave it a little bit brief for now and switch gears a little bit. I want to share now my vision for this podcast. It's not just to, you know, share more of my story and my lessons and my learnings, because I think that there's a lot of value in there for others. Um, you know, part of my intention is to be a mirror for you, the listener, because we all are really mirrors for each other, right? Maybe you didn't go through something exactly the same as I did, but there are probably pieces of my story that you resonate with, um, maybe questions that you have or anything really. And, And so I want to be a mirror for you in this podcast as I share all of these lessons and learnings and pieces of my story and all the guests that come on and share theirs. 
Um, that's, that's part of the point. And in that, I encourage you to just keep an open mind. I have always prided myself on being really open-minded and, and seeing all different sides of the story and, and just open to different perspectives. That's one of the, you know, when they, they tell you like, what are three words that you'd use to describe yourself? I'm pretty sure open-minded has always come on the list of that for me. So I want this space to be a space that we can come and be open-minded. You know, you don't have to agree with everything that I say or that my guests say, or, you know, you don't have to be into everything that we're into. That's not the point. The point is just to share stories and perspectives and to challenge ourselves in a way, I guess, is just hearing things that might be interesting or intriguing. And if something challenges you, my invitation is to lean in a little bit. There's so much, you know, when we get triggered, the, the reaction is to run away and not look at it. And, you know, we don't want to be somewhere that creates tension for us. And I don't intend this to be a place that is tense or, you know, argumentative or anything like that. This is a place my intention is really loving and to bring us together to connect the super sciencey fact-based, you know, 3D plane with the more woo-woo, if you will, the more spiritual, the more upper chakras. <laughs> Cause I feel like I really do sit in the middle of these two worlds, but my invitation, as I was saying, is really to lean in. If something triggers you, if you're challenged by it, it's such a beautiful opportunity to ask yourself what's going on. Um, why is that so challenging? And, and maybe it's just something that doesn't resonate. That's great. Leave it. But my hope is that these parts that do challenge you or trigger you or make you think outside the box a little bit, that those are points of expansion that you can use them and grow yourself. Um, yeah, just grow as a person. And growth is such one of my core values as a human. Um, so that's going to be you know, really central to this podcast as well as just growing ourselves in all ways. I'm going to be growing alongside you. You know, we're walking alongside each other here. And so I'm just so excited to get this going and to be really creating it alongside you. I mean, the point of this is also community um, to bring us all together and to connect and to have conversations. So I really want you to feel like you are part of this with me because you are, <laughs> you're, you're a huge part of this and I would not be here without you. So yeah, I just can't wait to dive into everything that I have coming, um, the guests, the solos, all of it. I'm so excited. There is so much to dig into. And again, I just wanted to say that I'm so grateful you're here. And before we wrap up today's episode, <laughs> now for the fun stuff. So this first part. What the fuck am I doing? So this segment is going to be a fun segment first I'll tell you why. So currently as I'm recording this, I am sitting in a corner on the floor of my childhood bedroom at my parents' house among quite a few boxes and like every plant that was in my old apartment because I decided to give up my apartment in LA. Uh, most of my stuff is in a storage unit in Southern California. Some of my stuff is here and I'm just going to be a little bit of a nomad for a while. And I'm actually really excited about it. But most of the response that I've gotten from people is literally a blank look and like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? They're like, where are you going? Where are you staying? Where are you living? I'm like, I honestly don't know. I literally at this point of recording have 
through the first week of February planned. And then after that, we'll just kind of see what happens. I have like a loose idea of maybe what I want to do, but like literally nothing booked. And it is the day after Christmas right now, as I'm recording this, I know this is going to come out quite a bit later, but yeah, what the fuck am I doing? I don't even know, but I'm really excited about it. So this is just going to be a fun segment where I get to update you on the crazy shit that I'm doing with my life. And if you have a, a what the fuck am I doing story that you want to submit, you can DM it to me on Instagram at underscore Caitlin Kirkpatrick. My name will be in the show notes uh, because I thought it would be fun to share some of your stories as well. If you have a funny what the fuck am I doing story, please submit it. And last but not least, I want to share with you. So this last little nugget that I have, you can kind of think of it as like a Snapple cap facts. You know, back in the day, you'd have a Snapple and look in the bottom and it would have a fun fact for you. So this is my version of that. So this started actually when I was on a plane one time, I would just always ask like weird random questions. Like I, I don't really actually need to know this piece of information. And half the time I don't actually look up the piece of information, but I'm just like, I'm wondering about things. I have a lot of really big questions. And so the first one, I was sitting on a plane to Vegas with my friends and I looked out the window and I said, who made Vegas a thing? Like who decided that this was going to be a thing? And we titled that questions with Caitlin. So (laughs) the very end is going to be questions with Caitlin. I'll leave you with that one. Why did Vegas become a thing? Who decided that was, that was going to exist? Why is it there? If you know, please DM me. (laughs) I think I looked it up, but I can't remember. So on that note, I will leave it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to see you back here next week. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. I so appreciate it. And it helps me get the show out to more people. So thanks so much. And I'll see you next time. 